sweet of him. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. This isn't anything that just is limited to the United States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. My name is Andy and it is very nice to be recording again after what seems a long time off. Even though the content's still been coming out, albeit this show's a day or so later than normal or I would have liked. We're back, and there's going to be a couple of shows dropping this week as well. I say we are back because I've got Dan joining me on the podcast. Dan, how are we today? I'm great, thank you. And just before we go any further, I just want to take a beat to say congratulations. Uh, Andy, if you do not know, has had a a new baby boy uh, named Harry, the the disclosure baby, I keep calling him. He's going to grow up in the world with it as a normal fact, you know, it's amazing. That explains the weight I've been putting on, so that baby arrived yet, but I've slimmed right down. Um, but no, thank you, and thanks to everyone. I wasn't even actually going to mention it on this, but because um, people will, but you will get ones that will roll their eyes, because I would be that guy that would go, oh, Christ, stop going on about it, move on. Um, but yes, baby is fine. Thanks to everyone who got in touch and said, you know, likes and all that nonsense that we do on the the world of social media it's appreciated and looking forward to getting back into the swing of things um i've been relatively active still on social media dan quite a lot's gone on and this podcast um originally was just going to be listener questions of which we got a ton however we need to kick off with a bit of a breaking news podcast. And again, thanks to those shouting out, Dan and Andy, quick record something. I thought I would let the dust settle last night when we got the Jeremy Corbell drop because traditionally we jump in pretty quickly. But just in case anything else come out and this became redundant, I thought, let's talk about this one the day after. And uh, spoiler alert, uh, there are going to be another, at least one breaking news pod next week when we discuss the 60 Minutes breakdown, uh, no doubt as well. Five minutes. For, oh, Dan will get onto that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the show is called 60 Minutes, folks, but Dan has a bugbear with it that we'll get to. Um, but yeah, there's a lot over the next week. There'll be a few, few shows dropping and just getting kind of back into the swing of things as well. But listen, like I said yesterday, uh, Jeremy Corbell, 12 p.m. high noon, as he called it, Pacific time in the US, which is 8 p.m. UK, uh, announced there was going to be another video. We're getting kind of used to this now. We're getting spoiled. And I th- do you know what? I liked the I liked the response to it from everyone and on social media because we've been really lucky to get a lot of this recently that we're, we're getting, you know, spoiler alert, something's coming, and a video drops on a picture or a new piece of information. And I think people have started to temper their expectations a little bit which is really nice uh what we got was a one minute video uh, from july 2019 of the uss omaha filming a uap ufo um dan you had previously now listen these were this is a video from the slide that had come out from jeremy corbell last month dan you put a gif together of the slides that we had there's a good um, so, lesson in that, actually, because it was wrong, right? Like, remember I had mine, it started really high and it came down. That's yeah. not the sequence of the slides at all. It went left to right, 
and then just submerged. Or did it fall really slowly and burst because it was a balloon? No, we won't get into that just yet. Uh, So listen, we got this video. Um, Great. Again, it's something else. And we are living in a time where we're getting absolutely spoiled with this kind of information. Um, The people's reactions were pretty tempered. Some folk have come to just see what happens. Some folk got really excited. Other people were just expecting a big nothing burger, I think is what people or what the kids call it these days. What were your thoughts then, Danny? Eight o'clock last night, Jeremy Corbell's Instagram gets a few seconds earlier. Bang, we get a video. What were your thoughts? I, I absolutely loved it. For for one, I quite like people teasing things because I want to see something like this as soon as possible. Um, just so I can send it to all my friends and you know, start talking about it and dissecting it with everyone in the community. Um so I really appreciate Jeremy kind of putting an exact time on it and saying, you know, keep keep a half hour free at least to, for this, you know. Um it's an amazing video. You know, we we've got everything is judged by how reliable the witnesses are, you know, the equipment that it's taken on and any audio that kind of goes along with it. And in this one, we not only have, you know, a kind of fuzzy looking flare night cam, cause it would have been pitch black outside. So, you know, if the guy had put his phone to, to the window, we wouldn't have seen anything but a dot. It was 11, 11 PM. It was taken, PM, wasn't yeah. it? Yep. And they're in the middle of nowhere. Remember? Um, so there's, there's hardly any light. Um, it, we've seen videos of dots in the sky that wouldn't have helped us. The flare video is better. So, yeah, we we get the audio, um, which sheds some light on it. Um, I like we, the audio. That that's one great, thing right? straight away. Uh, before I even watched the video, I seen someone had commented because um, I was busy last night, so missed the exact drop. But as I was catching up, I seen someone say audio, and I was like, "Oh, great!" And it really does add to. It's not just a video. Yeah, absolutely. It's it does something when you can hear people's genuine emotional reactions, right? Mm-hmm. You know, ju- just like that. Ooh, look at that thing go. There's a whole fleet of them. It's rotating. Like that kind of stuff yeah. gives me chills, absolute chills. And there were some classics in here. You know, I, I think uh, it's splashed is going to be the, there's a whole new fleet of them, the new one, you know. <laughs> I like that. And there was a few people commented on the, the language around splashed um, and splashed down. Is that lingo? Is it jargon? Is it just a ton of phrase? Lingo um splash is generally when something crashes into the ocean yeah but it's interesting that they use that terminology i.e it's crashed and then they went to look for debris and used a sub and a helicopter and they couldn't find anything something that was pointed out as well um i'm gonna give a little shout out to gamers watch podcast who's on the qtt network with me um they are obviously into gaming uh really good podcast check that out but they are they love their ufos and they, they get in touch with me a lot on dms and they were some of the first people to message me about the the video before i'd seen it and what really caught their attention was it was it says no return if you look in the top right hand corner which was to do with the radar not picking up the object so not being able to get a lock or something like that yeah. you mean cool. yeah so, so kind of like we experienced with the tic tac right like all the systems converged on that object so they could kind of track that something was there, but they couldn't actually get a lock and a read on it properly. So it's it's just, you know, it, I, I want to keep the question mark there because that's the that's the, the, the safe line on the tightrope, but it wasn't us. Like, come on. Yeah, well, that's it. It's unidentified, okay? So there were 14 targets. 
uh, a one-hour flight time, I believe, is is what I've seen. The context right, behind yeah. a one-hour flight time, I'm not sure. Was that one-hour flight? Minimum targets as well. So they Minimum. could have been more around the ships. And let's remember that the the it wasn't just the Omaha, it was the 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 Pinkney, the Kid, the Rafael Peralta. All of these ships had experiences with different kind of drones around the same time. And we don't know. Like they call out during this video to the other ships to see if there's a heli or a hello available to launch. But these other ships, we might be find out that at the same time they were dealing with uh, with pyramid craft or some other craft that the you, you know were kind of bugging the other ships, so they couldn't actually help. It's really interesting, man. Like it's almost a, a you know it'd be a perfect Hollywood film. Like you know just from the experience of those crewmen on those ships, that period of time must have been insane for them to experience. Like just wow, yeah. And again, it's we all know from the intro, even to my podcast, I've got that famous line: "They're going against the wind." And again, that was something that was referenced on here that these objects were again traveling at a speed against the wind. They weren't being blown about. Uh, it would be difficult to do what these objects were doing. And we talk about those those five five observable. Ob- yeah. I'll start that again. We talk about those five observables. Uh, for anyone who didn't see it on Twitter, apologies, I've not posted it up on the Instagram or Facebook pages yet. I noticed there was a bit of chat online uh, a couple of days ago about the observables being slated or you know taken over some hot calls by some people online. Um, and I would mention them because I get three-star reviews when I mention certain people online. So I reached out to Lou and asked for a comment off the back of is particularly low observability and how something can be observed if low should, should we just run through them real quick just before you, yeah do you, you want to remind people yeah, yeah yeah man for sure so i i know we've had another observable since which is biological effects and there could be many other observables but these were the five observables as explained in and identified by the people who who used these observables to differentiate sightings so we have one sudden and instantaneous acceleration so this is acceleration that the g-forces would probably rip a human body apart or an f-18 wings off when it happens we have hypersonic velocities without signatures so you can't see heat signatures and things like that low observability which is the guy you're going to talk about in a second we have transmedium travel which is from space to water um oh sorry from air to water maybe space maybe some other mediums as well and things um and then we've got positive lift as well positive lift for me that applies to not moving in the wind we can't see propulsion and it's just maintaining its its position there you know somehow um so i think definitely we have positive lift and transmedium travel um so go, go ahead with please comment cool thanks for that so uh one of the comments online were, how are these objects being observed if one of the observables was low observability? So I asked Lou Elizondo, Lou, could you comment on this and just clear this up a little bit? Because it's, it's a fair point. Um, although the answer to some, I think, seemed fairly obvious, but I, I wanted to know his thoughts. Uh, Lou was really kind to get back to me, and he said, and I quote, low observability simply means it's not typical electro electro-optical signature and profile. As we have mentioned before, sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. And when you do see it, it is indistinct, both to the naked eye and gun camera. Furthermore, 
radar returns often come back nonsensical as if some sort of jamming is being performed. The term low observable, in quotes, does not mean invisible. That is also in quotes. It simply means that it's hard to see and even harder to identify. Like we've said, with this piece of footage, they had many systems picking it up. People have to get, and I'm sure many people do understand, but it's not just a case of this ship has someone with a camera filming this thing. That's not how it works. There are numerous different systems doing different things that I know nothing about and I never pretend to that are all trying to lock on to different aspects or facets of an object, how it moves, what it's going to do, what it might do, you know, all those different computations of something's movement, where it might go. And this just, again, has those hallmarks of we can't quite figure out what it is. So what you do end up with is a piece of audio and a piece of footage that gets classified as unidentified because all those other systems that say Dan was out there in a gyrocopter, you know, he doesn't own a gyrocopter, okay? He's not that rich from his NFT art yet. Yeah, (laughs) your NFT art, yeah, hasn't got you quite there yet, Dan, um, and his crypto. But if Dan was out there in a gyrocopter or, you know, he's one of those jetpack guys that were getting picked up, then different systems pick up enough different signatures that they can identify or have a good a good guess at what it might be. These systems can't pick this up. That's why we get what we get. The frustration, and I do get this, but people have to understand, is we don't get all that other classified data because it's classified, okay? And the argument of, well, they should just release it doesn't work. It doesn't matter if that's what you think or what I think. We're not going to get that. So we have to work with what we've got. That's why ultimately this piece of footage is classified as unidentified. Dan, again, you're happy looking at it and you're going with, yep, unidentified is a fair assessment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the low observability comment is really interesting because I, I think this fits the bill because of that exact point you you made about the, the no return sign um, in a similar way to how the Tic Tac gave no return, you know, and, and Chad Underwood had to slave it to his radar to be able to follow it um, or to have any hope of doing that. Well, listen, uh, on Sunday night, the 16th of May in the US, uh, there's a program, pretty serious interview. Um, it's do- a documentary is not quite the right word, but... Um, kind of a documentary. New- yeah, documentary news show type docu thing. News. Docu-news, yep, uh, that is going to be discussing in part UAPs or UFOs. This is a show that gets millions of viewers, a lot of eyes that may not necessarily be interested in this subject on it. We will pick up the... Omaha video if there's any more that comes from this show given some of the people that might be on it and discuss that when we discuss the 60 minute segment as well so that's kind of all for the moment on the video from from Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp who was involved as well thank you to them for for getting this material out there Dan do you want to add anything onto that just just to emphasize that perhaps maybe towards the end of the video so two things about the video we there's a cut in it so they definitely exist you know either the person filming on the iphone either took two separate videos at two separate times and they've been put together into one video or there's a like a whole bunch of time missing um they saw these things for hours so there's going to be longer footage um the pilot i'm going to swear now just because i'm i'm going to give my most interesting quotes from uh from the audio but them saying it's windy as fuck out there that, uh, you know, they've got six foot swells on the outside that ship. This isn't uh, a condition where a balloon would stay still in. 
we have to listen to the people that know what they're looking at. Um, and then the second thing is just at the end of the video, it looks like it kind of blinks out for a second. Um, and my thinking on that is literally the wave goes over as it's getting yeah. close to the water. So I think that's what we're seeing. But doesn't it look like the Aguadilla video and also the St. Athen video in Wales? So, yes, that'll take us on to the listener questions section nicely. Oh, cool. And thank okay. you to everyone who did send in a question. If we don't get to them all, that's great. Listen, we've picked um, some people sent in four, five, six questions, okay? I've taken some and moved that to the Patreon section as well. There is nothing really, really meaty in there that we are hiding behind the paywall, okay? That's just a little bit extra because otherwise this would be two hours of us talking through listener questions, all right? And some of them we may or may not have answered before on different podcasts, but it just puts it nicely in one place. But we've gone through and took a massive selection to discuss on here. So if you want a little bit of extra content, join the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast, and you'll, you'll get a little bit extra content on there as well just for supporting the show. And it's also ad-free and all that kind of stuff as well. However, listener questions. Gamers Watch podcast, who I mentioned before, they were talking about the video, really interested. And their their first question and question slash comment was, what more do people want to take this subject seriously? We have high-ranking officials with matching observations over, over several decades all experiencing the same thing. Because, Dan, like you mentioned, the Agudia video, the video in pronounced the welsh place uh saint athen that one yep and and others and they reference tic tac and gimbal all that kind of stuff is all shown this fascinating stuff and they are someone with a real interest in ufos but they're just kind of finding the world of like ufo twitter or social media with ufos and such and and they want to know what more do people want to take this seriously because they find all this stuff really fascinating and almost from more from a more casual observer that's a really interesting point that they're looking at this going, wow, this is all really incredible. And they're not quite experiencing all the arguments and debates people are having online. Dan, do you think we've got enough that people should be taking this more seriously now? Yeah, I do. Um, and, and I think something like 60 minutes is exactly the, the platform we need to just put it in front of as many eyeballs as possible. Because some people are just too busy. We know that. There's no maliciousness in just being too busy in your life because you have a family and work and so on and so forth to dive into UAP like you and I do all the time. Um, so so it's really nice like do, doing this podcast and like other shows, you know, like Under Gaucho and so on and so forth. It, it feels almost like uh, we're, we're ready here to embrace when people are ready to step in and start digging on this subject, you know. Yep, and there's a few questions along those lines coming up as well. So we're, me and Dan talked for quite a while before we hit record even as well, and we're, we're trying going to keep the answers relatively brief and succinct so people can fire through and enjoy. And if you want any follow-ups or more detail, get in touch with Dan or myself at the usual channels, and we'll certainly get back to you. Um, Gary, who is one of the Patreons. Gary, how are you? I know Gary from Glasgow. He asks, so you and Dan seem to agree on a lot of the same issues on the podcast. When it comes to the phenomenon, is there anything you two differ on? Maybe a figure within the community. One of you love, one of you maybe loves, the other hates. Something along those lines. And for the listeners, can you both give your must-watch to get people more into the topic? So first point, Dan, stuff we differ on. Now, we, we mentioned this that... I hadn't really thought about that until Gary brought it up. Um, we've known each other just over a year now, and we do agree on quite a lot, to be honest. Um, that's not a deliberate thing. We just haven't really found too much that we do differ on yet. Um, 
it's the Celtic angle. That's that's the thing. Yeah, it's the, the, the Celtic thing. So I I still don't think there's a lot we differ on. I think Dan has a lot more expertise and knowledge in a lot of areas that I would go to him for advice on. Um, and the first thing that came to me, Dan, was things like consciousness. And you are really well read uh, on those kind of aspects of the phenomenon. That which is fair to say, isn't it? Yeah, um, you, you know, one one of the figures that I think I'm into that you're not such a, a follower of is uh, Russell Brand, for example. You know, I, I really like the way that he communicates complex ideas about democracy and how society could look. And it's going to be interesting to see UAP kind of digested through that lens. Um, he talks about consciousness a lot, oneness a lot, um, Kabbalah, um, things like that. So, so that kind of ancient religion, civilization, we are all one consciousness angle. That's, uh, yeah, I, I, I really like that stuff. And, and I'd say I also am a, a little bit more interested in kind of the, the psychedelic research that's perhaps going on at the moment and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that stuff I'm newer to, and it's again, it's not really stuff we disagree on. It's just stuff that I'm newer and kind of getting into and and looking at yeah. from that side of things. And for me, only in the last couple of years has the conversation changed from these craft are coming from other planets to oh, consciousness is involved in reality and different dimensions and all that kind of stuff as well. So, um, but it's one we'll think about, Gary, and we will get back to you when we have a, a, any stuff that does come up that we totally disagree on. Um, the other one, though, uh, are must-watch to get people more into the topic. Um, that I think you've got to say the phenomenon documentary straight off the bat. Um, controversially or not, the, the Unidentified series. I loved both series. I thought were excellent. It introduced you to several guests I've had on the podcast. You know, Sean Cahill, David Marlar, Jeremy McGowan, Lou Elizondo. There's a lot of great people on there. Um and like I say, in the second series, you, you, you meet someone like David Marlar and you see the research getting done. And so there's there's bits within the episodes that open you up to whole new aspects of the conversation and the people involved and some of the work getting done. So, yep, there's a lot of great stuff there. Uh, Dan, you mentioned a particular article that's quite new or recent. Yeah, um, there, there was a good podcast with it as well. The the New Yorker did a, quite a lengthy article recently, but it's it's a really solid kind of, you know, I don't... If someone hasn't looked at this subject at all, it's a really good first article to give them. And if they don't want to read kind of, you know, almost a book's worth of, uh, or a short book's worth of article, there is a podcast there that they can listen to that's about a half hour long. Um, but obviously this Sunday, my recommendation for the first place to go is going to change because I think that 60 minute segment is going to be really hard hitting. And do you know what? I'll, I'll mention uh, Crew Cut Chronicles on Twitter had sent in a very similar question about what would you suggest to get people up to date or involved in some of the more political things going on with like the task force report and uh, the, the IG stuff and DOE, DOD. And again, the, the IG what... stuff is, sorry, go on. I'm, I'm no, just no, super no, no. excited. <laughs> go on. I don't think people quite understand how big that is. When, when we say the question, who watches the Watchmen, the IG does. It's huge. Yeah, that's not something that gets put back in the box once they get involved. No, no, not at all. And there's been a lot of speculation about, is it because, you know, these leaks keep happening? Maybe they're getting involved because of that. Um, it's it's because, and again, I'm going to swear, it's because they've noticed fuckery, basically. Take it yeah. from that. 
and listen, there's a lot of options. The New York Times articles you have, you've got podcasts like this, you've got YouTube channels on there like Gaucho, you've got magazines like Shadows Magazine, okay, a lot of free content. Um, that's not mainstream though because it's maybe harder to get someone into this topic that's that's coming in new to it to oh listen to that ufo podcast well i've never heard of that and who's that st- stupid scottish guy um but joe rogan okay so there's the bob lazar episode get them listening to that whether we love the detail or not and a lot of it's rehashed then get them listening to th- those types of episodes rogan and Mellon, this is the kind of stuff that do you know what get people listening to that because it's easier for them to digest as well I don't think Rogan stuff's as hard hitting as as maybe some do. Um, I think it still can be at times a little fluffy or drawn out. I think maybe that comes down though to how much Joe Rogan, not a knock on him, but actually knows about this subject. He doesn't have a UFO podcast. He has the biggest podcast on the planet, which covers a huge range of subjects. His background is traditionally sports, but it's just evolved. His podcast is is, is massive. Um, but for me. Yeah, the, the Joe Rogan stuff. And that question, Dan, I was going to ask you earlier, I said I would, I would leave for now. Do, I don't think Joe Rogan knows as much about the subject or UAP, UFOs, as he tries to have come across on the podcast. And I think that's why sometimes that his conversations stop just having the deep dive maybe some of us are looking for. Fair comment. I, I would, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think that reason is exactly is is precisely to blame for the fact that he keeps going back to Bob Lazar as well. You know, I I love the Bob Lazar case, but it's a big question mark. You know, um, Jeremy Cobell, George Knapp, they do solid work. Um, so there's an aspect of kind of you know we we take it on faith that uh, some some of these things are going on behind the scenes, but in a court of law, we can prove it. Yeah, and, and that's something, and I apologise if I ever do it, you know, when people keep going back over old ground and, and the Bob Lazar story, I won't say it's been done to death, but a lot of people have talked about it. Um, so let's move on. The next uh, question was from Carl Sampson about Bob Lazar. He asked uh, on, <laughs> on Bob Lazar, um, he asked on Twitter, you know, he would love to see a quick poll on what people thought if Bob Lazar was telling the truth or not. And I was joking just there before I've done that deliberately, folks, for anyone who doesn't think I'm aware of what I've just done. Um, so I put up a very quick poll online just asking, do you believe Bob Lazar, yes or no? Almost 500 of you voted, which is incredible. And 69.5% said yes, 30% said no. So Carl, there's your answer. Um, seven in 10 people seem to believe Bob Lazar's story. I did find some of the comments really interesting. We won't go into a whole Bob Lazar chat just now. We've done it before. Maybe there's a, a bigger show down the line for that. Maybe get Bob on one day, hopefully. But with the the comments, some people wanted an option that wasn't yes or no, which I found really interesting. And that seemed to centre around... That's where I am as well. Yeah, it that seemed okay to centre around it, how much know. of it is true or... You know, and, and George Knapp, when we spoke to him, if you've not checked out the George Knapp interview and you're newer to the podcast, please go back and do it. It was really good. I think I, I, people have said so. Um, not just blowing my own trumpet, but uh, George even alluded to himself when I asked about the educational side of things that maybe Bob did attend classes while not attending the Educational Institute as me or you or, or someone normally would on on rogan we got a slightly different reason for that um it, well it may still be part of it but um he he alluded to bob telling him telling joe that 
he was at MIT studying to learn to do something that was kind of highly questionable um, uh, in, in a moral sense. So he, he told Chris off camera, he like he elaborated it, but we've never heard that story from Bob. Um, and, and until we do, it's just, you know, a thing alluded to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there's there's your Bob Lazar. Thanks, Carl, for asking that. And thank you for everyone voting on the polls. Uh, next question, WM853. How can we persuade more military types to come forward to help recreate more of the Nimitz documentary type events? What's holding them back? Any submariners ever come forward at all? Lots on air, but nothing underwater has been declassified that substantial. Dan? The, the underwater stuff's interesting because we're back in the territory and anyone that's heard Lou Elizondo talk in interviews about the nuclear connection knows that he gets to a point where he can't say anymore because it's a sensitive capability. Um, and to reveal anything about, you know, how they've been detected, where they've been detected, so on and so forth, would kind of, you know, show their hand, so to speak. The same is true of underwater sensors. Um, you know, if, if you go looking on the uh, NOAA uh, website, It'll tell you about kind of underwater acoustics and how we use them and so on and so forth, but we won't get any locations for microphones and things like that. So it's it's really hard to to see exactly what underwater capabilities we have, but it also means that it's really hard to talk about because they can't say, we had a microphone here, here, and here, and we triangulated the point of the source of the sound here. Therefore, there's a base that, you know, you, you can't be that specific. You can just say, we heard a sound and hope that people understand what that means. <laughs> Yeah. And the first part of the question, how can we persuade more military types to come forward? We're starting to see a lot more of that and probably quite a big one or the biggest one for quite some yeah. time is, oh, Dan, uh, Commander, is it Dietrich? Uh, Lieutenant Commander uh, Alex Dietrich. Yeah. Um, she is the w- Wizzle? Uh, wingman, yeah, WSO. Um, yeah. When, when Fravor was taking part in the encounter that we all know so well, she was above watching the whole thing. <laughs> so she, you know, we, we've heard her talk in Unidentified Episode 1. The show opens with her in kind of silhouette. Shadowy face, story. yeah. Um, and she said that, you know, she, she was a little bit, uh, I, I don't want to say scared, but worried, anxious, um, because she realized that they had no ordnance, no weapons, and if this thing decided to engage them in that way, they were screwed. That interview for me is chills every single time just because again you're hearing that emotion um of someone sat back witnessing it and kind of going what the hell is this thing doing it's flying around dave like he's nothing he's the best guy we've got what is going on um so i'm really excited to see her on on screen um showing her face because that also means that you know she feels better about it mentally um that she's given she's been given the thumbs up to appear on camera as well that's important um and yeah it's just it's another vantage point for for dave raven's tic-tac uh encounter and i think that's super important because we're going to be able to pull all this together with the uh you know the data yeah and i think when that does happen what's going to help is some of those millions of eyeballs some of those pairs of eyeballs will be former military who will not have been involved in this yet or kept quiet or not wanted to come forward maybe maybe not i've heard what lou elizondo and co have been doing but they will see that person sitting there not silhouetted 
talking about what they're going to talk about. They're going to see uh, Ryan Graves, I believe, is part of it as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, they might see other people on there. I'm just picking random names, you know. I, I really hope that Hasbro are watching, just because I want to see like heroic figures of Alex Dietrich and Dave Fravor and you know everyone else that was there. I, I kind of forget the names, you know, Chad Underwood. We should, they should have action figures, American hero action figures. These guys saw something from another world and flew towards it. Yeah. Wow. And we've all seen Independence Day. So yeah, so yeah. there you go. Let's look out and see what names may or may not pop up on, on 60 Minutes So or on Sunday night. So yeah, I think that's going to make a massive difference. Thank you for the question. Next question from Tim. As we have sufficient evidence, there has been a cover-up. Why don't the people come together and launch a class action lawsuit? I know of a good lawyer and he's tagged Danny Sheehan. I'll kick off with this one. I, I don't think there is sufficient evidence, evidence of a cover-up. Again, I know it's really popular and uh, the typical conspiracy theory line down the years has been the US government knows all this stuff and it's covered up. We don't know that. There's always, and like it's been talked about, just playing devil's advocate here, maybe that was the case. Maybe there is a shadowy cabal, shadowy group or or whatever, military organisation that knows everything. Even though we've been told that's not the case, there, you know, we, we don't know we've been told the truth. So maybe there is that group and they know everything. They know what these are. They're in contact with them or different groups and they can replicate the technology and they've covered it all up. But there's also the other side of it that maybe part of that's true, but maybe there's a lot they don't know. And I think that's where I tend to sit on this just now, that they know X amount of it with a certain percentage is still very much unknown and totally out in the open. And part of the reason this is so secretive is because that's a little bit embarrassing for these, you know, macho, maybe not the right word, but, you know, guys and i'm saying guys because traditionally it has been that run huge military industrial complexes or huge organizations that are all powerful suddenly aren't top of the food chain anymore and And they they are not in control of this whole situation you're absolutely right and we have to remember that those guys as well in the past like after blue book the condom report all of these guys have stood there for their you know establishments whether it's the air force or the navy or whatever and told us there was nothing to this so not only are they gonna admit they don't know but they also have to admit that they looked us in the eye and lied and that's where the whole um i believe again it was george knapp when they they compared disclosure to confirmation that disclosure would be an admission potentially of guilt of those lies in the past and we may or may not have had organizations that covered stuff up that were involved in crash retrievals that reverse engineered technology again for example what if through these technologies they could find a cure for a disease or we didn't have to use rocket fuel to get to the moon we could just zip there in a couple of seconds with some anti-gravity propulsion okay yet the challenger blows up because we are trying to get to the moon and astronauts die then that would go back to, but you could have stopped that because we had the technology 30, 40 years ago to get there. That would then put admissions. Assuming that we understood it, though. Assuming and I we spoke, understood it. I spoke it. to you about this yesterday because I, I just finished reading Contact and I thought it was a really yeah. interesting ending. It's quite different to the film. In the film, they just call her a liar and that's that. In the book, the US government does not call the people who traveled to you know a, a temporal space that looked like instantly 
like like an instant moment in time to the outsiders, but to it was 24 hours to the people inside the spacecraft. Um, they come out and they they're told to keep quiet, or they'll have uh, dodgy psychological profiles released of them. But they're told, "Hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna keep you in obscurity, so you can go somewhere and you can work on this problem." And as soon as you actually have a piece of indisputable evidence that you in a courtroom can show that this is extraterrestrial and not just a bit of metal or, you know, something explainable in another way, we'll stand beside you and make the announcement. But until then, do not throw mud. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting because it's big and you only get to make that announcement once. And I think it's sensible that they started from a place of going, OK, we need to slow down here and understand it so we can properly announce this and say it is definitely true we are not alone and that's where you lean more towards the confirmation if disclosure is admitting here's what we have confirmation allows you to forget what's happened and literally bring it to this point now and say okay yeah that this stuff's been happening and we're just starting to understand it or we need to investigate it and people like us within this community you listening to this podcast if we got that sort of confirmation it's not going to happen on Sunday on 60 Minutes, not in segment two, in a 15-minute segment. But if on that show we got some huge admission that this stuff is real and here's one of them in a hangar, we're, we're not going to get the going back and being able to pick all that apart. It's go, The conversation is going to carry forward in a huge mainstream way. And I think a lot of us just have to get on board with that and, and look for that. And I think you'll yeah. still get the groups. Uh, and I get, I'll just mention, like a Stephen Greer, who would probably want to jump back to, yeah, but what about all of this and what about this? And it's almost headhunting and rightly or wrongly, we're probably just going to have to get on board the train and and kind of help drive that conversation forward in the right way. There, there are going to be, you know, right now there's one train as well. You know, it's the UAP train. This is the train. We're going to get to the point where confirmation happens, you know, when then people finally say yes for an answer. Um, but from that point onwards, like with the Bloomberg kind of financial market, uh, you, you know, the effect that an ET announcement would have on financial markets, we're going to start seeing all these different trains leaving all these different stations, uh, trying to understand what confirmation of we are not alone means for our place in the universe. The very fact that some scientist out there, you know, imagine I, Albert Einstein was still around and he saw a transmedium sphere going into the water. He's not going to sit there saying it's a balloon. He's going to figure out how that could be possible. And then we get to build one. You know, this this is the point we need to get to. Confirm it, let people know the news that we're not alone, and then we take a while to process it. And build an iPhone. And so, build an iPhone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, great question. Next one is from James. James stumbled across, across the podcast when I was on the 8-Hour podcast with Hugh Keir. So James, thank you for getting in touch. Um, James sent me quite a long uh, question i'm just going to paraphrase and his thoughts are that due to advancements in technology with the rise of artificial intelligence that's a really hot topic and we as a civilization want better and better ai he wants to know our thoughts on his theory that these uap moving at such great speeds the drops from eighty thousand feet in a few seconds instant change of direction it's all down to them being controlled by ai dan i mentioned this to you at the start what are, what are your thoughts on that theory and thank you james 
I, I love the idea that it's an AI. You know, there there are kind of myths and legends and kind of other other ideas in the community where these ships are kind of made from crystalline structures that have consciousness running through their very veins, you know? Like that's a really interesting idea that these things have grown. Um, but if we just kind of took and say an F eighteen and we chucked AI in it, even if it was Skynet, you know, let that's just assume that it's general artificial intelligence that we all fear and think is coming. Um the F-18 would still get ripped apart under those G-forces. So we're talking complete different material science for the materials that are going through these stresses of these G-forces. So I don't think it's AI alone, um, but I do think there's probably an AI component here. But this is why I'm interested in consciousness, because at a certain point, if AI gets complex enough, there's no difference between me and you and the computer. Next question uh, from <laughs> Barry. Barry asked, do you guys think the British news channels will start to give the UAP issue airtime if there is big news in the USA as expected soon? So uh, there are a couple of petitions going about, just for a bit of context, uh, just now where UAP Media UK, if you're not following it, check it out at UAP Media UK. That's our group with Dave, Adam, Graham and Chris, uh, all based in the UK. And we're just trying to get a little bit more of the conversation happening in, in Britain, um, one of the petitions that we're just asking to get uh, to Parliament for it to be discussed needs ten thousand signatures, and right now it's on less than a thousand. It's difficult to even get this stuff signed by the British public, let alone get it to Parliament. Whereas in the US, it just seems to have much more of an appetite, and we've discussed that at ad nauseum, I think, in the past before. Yeah, personally, I think we will see a little bit on the news over here. I still. Honestly, if we do get the UAP task force report in June and just say it drops with some pretty decent revelations, it still won't be top of the news channels in the UK. It'll still just be in there somewhere. And I genuinely would not be shocked if, and Dan, this might be something we do differ on, if we get that task force report and it comes out with a best um, best current assessment and it mentions off-world, otherworldly vehicles, anything like that, it would probably still be that final slot on our news show that is the, and finally, the US government has been talking about aliens and it'll be it'll still be lighthearted, they still won't get the tone and it'll just be put out there in a way that doesn't pick up the traction. And I hate to say that, I really do. You but know, I still think movies, that's where we're at. When like the aliens come and everyone's like, no, that's not happening. And they ignore it for so long. They just go in mm-hmm. about like doing their shopping and stuff. And they don't even, you know, there's always a scene where the woman's like on her phone and she's not looking up and then she'll see it and drop her phone and her glasses will come off. Um, but I, I feel like we're in that moment where everyone's kind of, you know, not, not quite realizing um, the, the enormity of this news. Uh, the, the petitions, I'll just emphasize that how, how, finicky the uk government are with the language i know Mm. dave put together some and and, you know chris and graham helped with the language um and they did a great job but the petitions were rejected um anna witty did an amazing job getting her through the filter so i just want to emphasize to people that even that petition it took like four or five failed attempts like we didn't even get it through and then anna got one through so there's there's kind of a net there that just isn't there in america um, or is a lot more forward, you know, it's a lot more defensive. It's just a blank no instead of like, we cannot confirm or deny, you know? <laughs> yeah. If you if you pluralize the lo- the wrong word, 
they will yeah. knock back the petition. That's that's Absolutely. what it's like. They they will look for the fault in the wording of your question and just instantly bang, no rejected. So so yeah, I think potentially but we'll get a little bit of something, but not in the way we would like. I'm I'm um, hoping the the BBC will jump on board once the report comes out. And when I say the report, I don't mean a preliminary thing. Um, I mean the actual the report. Report, yeah. yeah. And on a similar vein, uh, Barry also asks that uh, Jacques Vallée's new book, Why the Hullabaloo Before It's Even Printed? I know some people have copies of it now from Kindle because it's uh, available. Are people who are complaining about being stigmatised doing exactly the same thing to Paola Harris as well? So let me let me just give a bit of context, folks. So Jacques Vallée's book, The Best Kept Secret, has been available it's, it's been that thing on Amazon when you want to go in and buy something that's not out yet. It's got a placeholder image. So all we've had is Jacques Vallée book, The Best Kept Secret, and a very, very short synopsis about some big news coming that would be revelatory within this uh, book. It suddenly went offline for a couple of days from Amazon, but very quickly came back with a new cover and was all of a sudden, as far as we could tell, being co-authored by Paola Harris. Um, that may or may not be the case, that that wasn't always the plan. Dan, do you want to pick up on that? Yeah, sure. Um, for, for me, I don't like seeing the knee-jerk reactions. It's the same. It gets me in the same way as when people watch a movie trailer and think they've seen the whole film. Sometimes, yeah, sure, but not always. And until you actually see it, you're in kind of a, you know, you're complaining that you're not in one state whilst being in a quantum superposition. <laughs> it's it's just silly. Like at least wait until you've read the thing and you can actually have an informed opinion because that's what this community is all about, right? Don't just react. Let's digest the information and go slow and kind of help each other figure this out and, and if you're listening fairly, to, oh. I, I was just going to say fairly standard practice to have just like a placeholder cover and yeah. name as well and change it out too so i i just didn't really think much of that change to be honest with you yeah and, and if you're listening i have paola harris who uh, who has co-authored the book with Jacques on the podcast this tuesday so that's tuesday the 18th of may if you're listening to this before then send me over a question at, uh, at UFO UAP AM on Twitter, DM me, or ideally if you can email it to UFO UAP AM at gmail.com, that would be great. Any can, questions? Can I make one request for your listeners? Read the book before sending in a question, please. <laughs> if, if you can, yeah, that would be great. Obviously, it's I think it's Kindle only at the moment, isn't it? It so, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, people like, might just, not have access. Can, I, I just want people to be asking with an informed opinion. So it's not just, hey, Paolo, why did you change the cover? That's a crap question. I love you guys, but let's not waste our opportunities. Yeah. And, and you know what? If, if you can't read the book and you can see people that have, or you've seen a summary or a review, read a review of it and maybe ask questions off the back of that as well. Yeah, but sure. anything you can, you can get over, folks, it would be great. But I am going to do some digging into that as well. I can't get Jack on with her. Um, but it, it's great that she's she's agreed to come on the podcast because they're not doing too many interviews at the moment either. So I do appreciate the time. Um, Dave uh, Smethurst, Dave, who loves getting the questions in, Dave, always appreciate it. He had a couple of questions. Some of Dave's are on the Patreon, and I've got a couple of them here on the main pod. 
How far do you agree with the assessment that there is a significant conflict within the Pentagon and disclose about disclosure and who are the factions involved? I think Dave here, uh, Dan, is getting at the religious aspect of things potentially no doubt you've got a military aspect where some people don't want any of this to come out because of the technological aspects it would be really advantageous in any type of war type scenario um but then you've got the whole angels demons demonic let's not you know play with the ouija board type conversations that appear to be going on at really high levels unfortunately i i've not made a secret in the past that i i am in no way religious that's not a knock on anyone who is that's fine but it certainly seems to have an issue and an impact on this topic moving forward, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that can, it shapes how you look at the world, right? Um, I, I was brought up, um, I went to a Catholic school and it was chosen not for me. I was never baptized. But as a result, I remember coming out of school and thinking that that was the default thing to believe. And then, you know, I started looking around and I was like, oh, wow, there's all these different religions. Scientology, that sounds cool. No, not based on science. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's, it's, it's a lens through which to view the world. So I, I kind of, you know, the military has the, the kind of, they use certain language that some people disagree with where they talk about threats, but it's just a lens on the world. That's all it is. Um, and there's a, there's a conference coming up, if I'm correct, in June uh, with... Uh, held by the Catholic Church, where they're talking about the possibility of life coming from elsewhere. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, any any religion for me, with its salt, will leave room for God in the cosmos. It, it's too small if it's just Earth. That that would be, yeah, yeah. Good response, and uh, thank you, Sebastian, as well, because he had a very similar question on the on the Valet book. Um, Mikey has a question, and this one goes a little bit more out there, but Dan, this is the stuff we've talked about, and there is going to be another What If uh, podcast coming up soon as well. Mikey asks, Antarctica, what's both of your views on what's beneath the ice? Do you have a view on the military insider comments, as discussed on many of the Linda Moulton House shows, uh, with a UFO base beneath the ice and the missing scientists? Also, what's your view on the ancient giant underground buildings, potentially from circa 30 million years ago, deep below the ice, as seen by some Navy SEALs that have come forward? Dan, do you want to go first on this one? Have they come forward? <laughs> <laughs> that might mean a bit high um yeah i don't i don't have too much faith in that stuff to be honest it's really interesting um i've i've plotted all the antarctic uh you know bases and stuff like that on a map because there's no decent sources and you know i love my maps um and you can see you know there are as far as i know there are no nazi bases there and things like that in Swaziland. um there, there are some great stories but again, court of law, we, we probably couldn't prove that there's anything there. It's very evident, though, that as the ice melts, that there is a continent underneath there. And that perhaps many moons ago, that continent would have been at a distant place on the planet um, and it may have been tropical and it may have been lived in. Um, it's a really exciting time because climate change is, is changing a lot of the environment we live in. Um, I can't remember the place, but there was one, one place near India, I want to say, where a tsunami kind of caused the water to pull back from a bay and this bay had been there forever but as soon as the tsunami pulled the water back they realized that there was a whole village like thousands and thousands of years old under the water and they didn't know it was there before so we're getting all sorts of stuff revealed to us as uh, as the planet's changing beneath our feet thanks to thanks to our less than stellar efforts 
down the line I'd like to do a show and I've said Dan before about with you and, and Gaucho and we talked about it off air on things like Antarctica and maybe it's one of those round table type shows um, where we can talk about the more out there stuff as well um, maybe one for one of the what ifs I like the idea of it and like Dan said he used the word stories and I think that's the way I tend to view these because I I like listening to it but I always listen to it in a sense of wouldn't that be interesting or that would be really cool but there isn't really any evidence and we are taking it on people people coming forward and telling one person their story and then us believing that person being true. So maybe it's true. And you know what? I wouldn't doubt if we do have any kind of presence on this planet, either visiting or based here, that would be a great place they would have an interest in and it's a great place to hide. Um, again, it's that, I can't quite remember the proper statistic, but if anyone did come here to visit, if you, uh, do you know what's a good actually bit of context here as I just talk rubbish? The satellite, the Chinese rocket that was falling to Earth recently, and people were worried about where is this going to land? It could land anywhere. But the idea is that if you launched anything onto the Earth, you're more than likely going to hit water, no matter where you threw it from space. If you drop something from any angle, you're likely to hit water. Um, and then if it does hit land, the odds on it hitting land that's populated is still very very small because the planet is still largely nothing so you know when you put like a mars rover on mars i am not going into the conversation about what may or may not be on mars however when people look at these pictures and say there's nothing there the odds are if another civilization sent a probe or a drone to our planet they would be looking at lots of water with nothing there or they would land in the desert and they would also look about and say look there's nothing there that's that's just fact that's just how big the planet is um so yeah that again if someone was on a different planet somewhere else they've sent a probe in the past or whenever they hit antarctica and uh, yeah lots of ice lots of snow you couldn't live on this planet doesn't sustain it but yet here we are uh, a very short plane ride away it's, it's interesting to think as well that maybe the people that would send such a probe maybe they evolve like birds so when the probe gets down here it's going to look for tweeting no twitter puns here um or like you know whale sound or something like that we assume that that a probe will get here and go oh look there are bipeds these are the most interesting things on the planet and clearly the most intelligent we don't know because we can't communicate with all these different animals you know we we look at the dolphins and go oh, they're lazing about all day doing nothing. They don't have iPhones. They're fools. Whereas the dolphins skip through the water going, look how stressed those guys are. They're fools. <laughs> so it's all about, it's all relative, you know? And there was talk of the Tic Tacs being interested in uh, whale migrations and potentially following pods of whales. There was also talk of the object that was underneath the Tic Tac could have been a large whale submerging. Who, who knows? So again, very interesting maybe they were studying something else and we just happened to interfere all possibilities on the table but it's an interesting point and i think one for another another show in another time but thank you for that i do like discussing that, those kind of out there kind of things and yeah. we don't do it too often on this podcast uh josh asked the question any thoughts on crop circles I'll kick off with this one, Dan. I, I do like crop circles. I like the stories. I talked to Simeon Hine about crop circles in the past. I know 
and I've seen people do the here how here's how easy it is to fake a crop circle or here's two guys with some planks on their feet and some torches on their head that made some pretty incredible patterns overnight and they look amazing. However, the ones that really interest me are the really intensely complex patterns where the, the stalks of wheat are bent at such an extreme angle and the is it the kernel or the joint there's a little ball in the stalk of wheat at the joint and every one of those are popped out at an intense pressure that you just couldn't do with a thousand people the way it's done surgical precision um let alone with two people overnight so those ones really do interest me and there's something to the phenomenon dan yeah i i would pretty much agree there you know the the more interesting crop circles the one with geomagnetic effects and stuff like that um the the guys who kind of put their hand up and said you know we were the guys that made all the ones in england they were crop circles way before they were born so i i don't really pay much attention to those guys people can make them just like people can make fake ufo videos but that doesn't mean there aren't genuine ones for me i my, my kind of pet theory is that you, you know how uh, that that little trick where you can get a speaker and put uh, sand on the speaker and play different tones and get different kind of shapes think like that but something to do with electromagnetism and i think it leaves kind of like cymatic like patterns in the corn and things like that so would you say it's not likely to be like signs where they are mobilizing a worldwide invasion i mean if you want me to get crazy then there's the possibility that it could be interdimensional and the electromagnetism that i'm talking about could be induced from the other side so there are many possibilities still, a uh, natural process or something that's done on purpose, but you could use that process to your advantage, just like we use natural processes to our advantage, you know? As a little heads up, talking about future podcasts, uh, Gaucho and Dave are going to come back after our very popular Room 101, and we're going to have a podcast in the next month or so, where we're going to do a roundtable with Dan and myself and talk about uh, movies that represent the phenomenon. But, for example, like signs, like contact, arrival, Independence Day, but what aspects of the phenomenon do we think are, you know, really well represented in there? I'll reach out to some past guests and ask them their favourites too. We'll talk a little bit about the, the movie itself, but also, you know, how much of it is potentially really going on, drawn from fact. So there are a whole load of movies. So if there is anything you would like to hear discussed, I'll put it out uh, nearer the time, but feel free again to get in touch. Ideally, email that stuff, UFO, UAP, am at gmail.com but yeah there was a whole load to discuss once we opened up the group chat on that one wasn't there yeah there was the the list i i want to say like 60 70 films long but i know oh, dave easy. and i at some point yeah. was like we gotta stop texting now it's 1am we, we're gonna go to bed <laughs> but that should be good so we'll make sure it's it's formatted so dan can't ruin any rating systems or anything <laughs> on this one james jack uh last couple of questions folks before we we head off james asks so the u.s government frequently use private industry groups to carry out contracts like bigelow aerospace and in doing so circumvent foia do any other countries have similar setups with private industry dan it's a it's a good question. I, I'm not familiar with too much outside of um, outside of the UK and America, to be honest. I, I know we over here, at least when it comes to talking about the phenomena, the press can be issued with something called a denotice, which is it's voluntary, but it's kind of you know gone along with. Uh, it's not the done thing to ignore it. Um, 
<clears throat> so they, they definitely exist levers uh, in our country where things like that can be hidden. Um, another place to look for that in the UK would be DI-55 because they did a lot of the research that um, Mick Rope says that he does. Um, he, he, you know, someone like that essentially was was putting things in a filing system and would have seen a bunch of stuff on the way. Um, and then DI-55 would actually take these things and investigate them kind of on the on the DL, if you were. Yeah, um, and I, I, he follows it up as well with, does the UK have black budgets? He's never heard of anything mentioned. Um, it just means we're good at it, right? <laughs> yeah, and do you know what? I was going to say that, and I, again, it's not like a boasting look at us in the UK because I, I do just generally think the UK government seems to have a better handle or lid on keeping secrets. Um, I I don't know why that Boris may be. Boris but... blatant, though. You know, um, I, I you don't think... know how everyone's voting preferences go, but for Boris to... Uh, I, I don't want to get political. Uh, I'm just not Tory. So to me... You know, a politician pretty much lies by default, especially a Tory. So if yeah. for Boris to look at me and say, rumors of selling off the NHS are like rumors of photographs of UFOs. As far as I'm concerned, he just told us the truth to our face. <laughs> you know, they're selling off the NHS and there are photographs of UFOs. Mm, giving him a lot of credit there. Um, yeah, but we won't go into the political side of things. Um, but yeah, I, I think we, we do have these black budgets. There is absolutely, I would say... People in the UK government's interested probably have our own type of ATIP organizations, if if not independent, probably in touch with well, the US as well. We had the UFO working party group, working party group, right? Yeah, and and it's kind of like our answer too, but we we've never quite had the same level of conspiracy talk as there was more cups of tea involved in polite yeah, chatter. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and lastly, to finish off, James had asked, and we're kind of circling back to the start, um, hoping it's timely. What is 60 Minutes and what can we hope it will cover? Can we watch it in the UK? Dan, what is 60 Minutes? It's not 60 Minutes. That's where it's not, Andy. It's 45 Minutes with adverts. So Dan's 60 furious, minutes yeah. Has, <laughs> 60 Minutes has three segments, about 15 minutes each, and then the rest is adverts. Um, the UAP segment is going to be the second segment. Um, of the show this weekend i don't know if we'll be able to watch it in the uk but there are ways and means that you can find things when they air in america so uh so i just say keep an eye out because it's going to be super important to just spam to your friends on monday do you know what to be, usually i'll stay away from when it's tv shows and all that kind of stuff and telling people go and download stuff online and you know that's naughty and you shouldn't do that however i, I don't know of any channel that ever picks up 60 minutes in the uk so it's not like it's going to come on in a few months it's not like skinwalker ranch or unidentified or anything like that Um, i would imagine very quickly anything important will be online on social media whether that would be small clips but the full 15 minute segment again no doubt will appear on sites like youtube or daily motion just keep an eye on dan's account my account any number of accounts out there that will be tweeting or discussing it on Instagram, Facebook, anything like that. Uh, and I'm sure you'll find the, the segment. Uh, and if anyone isn't sure, once it's aired how to find it, then get in touch with us, get in touch with anyone yeah. else on the communities and people will point done. you in the right directions. I would suggest Dan, not me, because um, Dan gets back to you quicker. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you did build a new human with your wife. So, you know, you, you've been a bit busy. 
I did. Literally created life, people. But listen, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Thank you for all the questions. It's been amazing getting them all through. If you want to hear a little bit more, we've picked off some of the lighter stuff um, or some of the questions we might have touched on in various different podcasts in the past to stick on the Patreon section as well. If you can or want to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast. There will be a little bit extra. Dan, can you please also mention your Patreon that you've just set up recently as well? Because people uh, maybe don't, people obviously talk about the podcast all the time and it's they think there's a team involved and it's it's me and you and you help me so much with it, but you do a lot of your own work as well that's not involved with the podcast. Do you want to just mention that quickly as well? Oh, thank you, man. That's kind of you. Um, yeah, I, That's I plenty some... of time on that one. So... <laughs> <laughs> no, go on, go on, please. I'm not even mad. Um, yeah, I, I do some art and I kind of help people behind the scenes. You, you know, I, I like to try and kind of lift people up. Um, Andy and I have been around for a while in, in the UFO scene. Um, so we can we can help people a lot. Um, I can help you source things um, or find information and things like that. Um, so, yeah, just, just get in touch if you need any help or if you need any art or anything like that. And I, I'm more than happy to help. If you'd like to support my efforts, but you don't need anything from me, jump on my Patreon and uh, subscribe. There's, there's low fee to high fee ones, and I kick in some stickers or T-shirts or even NFT at the high level as well. So, uh, so yeah. Awesome. But again, folks, if not, then the next couple of podcasts, there should be our Skinwalker review coming out in the coming days, where we will look at more than likely episodes one two and three and talk about all the goings on so please send us over your thoughts on those look out for my discussion next week with piola harris that should be out next friday and we will be discussing the the new book she has co-authored with jacques valet the best kept secret send over your thoughts to myself and dan if you have read it or even any questions you might have and some guests will be coming up. Linda Moulton Howe will be coming on the podcast in the next kind of four or five weeks. Tim McMillan will be coming back on the podcast then as well. And a few others that I will confirm nearer the time too. So I'm just getting back into the swing of things, folks. So I appreciate, again, all your, your well wishes and everything else as we tick on. But not long now to the UAP Task Force report, Dan, 41 days, 40 days? Uh, I think 41 you, is exactly You've got right. your counter. Countdown up. I get that off a dance. Indeed. Only because I saw yesterday, yours had 42. So there we go. So, yeah. (laughs) Listen, you've heard a lot about Miraculous May. We've had some drops. There's more to come. Sunday's a big night, folks. Uh, Hopefully, we're doing the best we can, giving you a little bit of opinion, keeping you informed if that's how you keep informed. But check out uh, 60 Minutes. If you can't watch it, tweet about it, hashtag it, retweet it, like it, email it to your friends, talk about it on Facebook, Instagram it tiktok it i don't know i'm just talking like the kids do now whatever you do in tiktok you know make up a dance about it hashtag it do people still hashtag stuff who knows but just page it to people fax (laughs) it yeah get the conversation going all of that really really does make a difference folks dan thank you very much for joining me thank you very much i'd just like to share one last quote just before we uh, finish this one up and this quote was included in jeremy's release with the uss omaha video and it is from a crewman who was on the ship he says, in the end, I'm 50-50 that it is man-made tech from somewhere. Either way, it is world-changing because of the incredible energy capacity of the crafts. 
that is all for this week's show thank you very much for listening please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform you can like retweet and subscribe that would all be very much appreciated the shows are being uploaded onto youtube as we speak more and more you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that ufo podcast to access shows ad free as well please get in touch on twitter facebook instagram that ufo podcast of course on twitter it's at ufo uapam and again folks as always keep looking up you never know what you might see it wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer more like a hubcap designed by chaucer a little baroque and quite steampunk like alice was playing bass for the parliament of the little fucker hovered right outside of my window and when i shoved out the screen he made it an issue i don't think he expected me to see his ass but i'd had some champagne and smoked a little meditative game of state full on meta i can't imagine how it could have been any better i got to the top of the stairs and there he was like you awake i was about to abduct you cuz Consider your space, consider your lies, consider your life, consider your